0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Zach here. Welcome to an episode of MLM Rebels. I'm excited to spend some time with you guys here today. This is something that I wanted to share with you for the past couple of days here, but I've actually re recorded this message a few times, or this episode a few times. Um, I typically never do that. I don't really re record episodes because I like to make it feel as raw as possible. And um, so I don't really re record stuff. I don't really edit the ums and ahs out, as you've clearly noticed. And the main reason is so that you can really hear it from, you know, me the first time. Um, So I'm not like, you know, correcting things or anything like that because I want you to realize that, you know, I'm a real person and I want to be as raw as possible and also give you some empowerment, hopefully, to record your own podcast or your own videos, and realize that you don't have to be perfect either. So, anyway, I uh, want to jump in. Actually, a really funny thing happened this morning. So, so yesterday morning, um, my uh, my sponsor, who is um, the He's the, he's like, he's like the biggest, he's like basically in, in one comparison, he's not the biggest earner in the entire company, but he's one of the top five, I believe. Um, but he's got the, he's the only guy in the company with this particular designation. He's got, uh, so he's like probably the top one or two most prestigious people in the, in the company. And, uh, so he's in a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, uh, all the corporate conversations and things. And, um, he texted me yesterday and he basically was like, Hey dude, do you think like you could write, um, a text that could like, you know, promote this upcoming corporate conference? Cause every week, like the company sends a couple text messages out to all the reps and, um, you know, they're usually, usually pretty, pretty bad, to be honest. They're not written by a very good, co- whoever, I don't know who writes them, but like, they're definitely not a copywriter. And so I was like, sure. So I like, I whipped something together. And, um, like, I don't do any like free marketing work or copywriting work, even like, even for, like for anyone, cause people don't value it unless they pay for it. Um, you know, but if it's like a random one-off thing for like, you know, clearly like the company that we represent and, uh, you know, for, you know, for him, like, okay, sure. I'll do a random one-off thing here and there. Um, and stuff like that. So, so I did it and, uh, you know, wrote, you know, wrote it out sent it out. And he's like, Oh, this is amazing, dude. I, you know, he's like being super, you know, kind and edifying about it. And he's like, this is amazing. It, like, this is great, whatever. And I don't know what he's gonna do with it. I mean, maybe he just throws it away, maybe keeps it for himself. I have no idea. Maybe he sends it in, you know, to the, to the person that coordinates all this text message thing and sends it out. I have no idea what he's doing. And, um, later that night, the, the text goes out and it's not my text. It's some like, pretty horrible text trying to accomplish the same purpose it's like trying to get people to this corporate conference in september but it's like really bad i'm like oh my gosh what is this so i literally screenshotted i like like you know took it i circled the text and wrote wtf over it and sent it to him Like, what is this because i figured what someone did is like they read my text and like were like oh like i'm gonna put my own spin on it and they like you know rewrote it basically and then you know put it out there right um and I was like, what like why would someone change <laughs> change any single word, let alone the entire thing? And so I like wrote like WTF, I sent it over to him, and then this morning, uh yeah, you know, like we were like talking, like texting back and forth. And um and uh I was like, dude, what like what happened with that thing? I was like, that is literally the worst text I've ever seen in my life. They probably had you probably had more people refund their tickets than you did buy them. <laughs> And he's, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad, you know, um, and he's, and so then, you know, kind of, that was the end for, for, for now. He's like, but that wasn't, um, he's like, that wasn't like a rehash of yours. It was just, uh, it was just something that someone sent, like that, that thing was already scheduled in the queue before kind of I had your copy. Um, so maybe yours will go out later. I said, like, well, whatever, it's all good, but it's just really funny. And, um, so then maybe 30 minutes later, he he calls me and he's like, dude, <laughs> I feel so bad, <laughs> I feel horrible, he's like, so I got on the phone with this other guy, he's like, another, he's another top earner, he's the nicest dude in the entire world, like an amazing, amazing guy, and he's actually helped me uh, refine a few pieces of copy, he's a, he's a, he's a pretty good copywriter, and um, and uh, and he's like, so I got on the phone with this guy, and I was like, totally telling him how horrible the text was, he's like, dude, man, didn't that text suck so bad? <laughs> He's like, man, that was bad. Even Zach thought it was horrible. And the dude on the other end of the phone is like, I wrote that. (laughs) Oh no. But then the dude's like, no, I know, man, it was really bad. He's like, I literally wrote that in like two seconds. I didn't like spend any time on it at all. He's like, like, yeah, I know it was bad. He's like, it's all good. Don't worry about it. It's like, oh, no, because this dude is, like, so nice. He's, like, the, he's literally, like, the best dude ever, and um, I was like, oh, my gosh, bro, why did you say that, (laughs) but it's all good. Uh, It was just, it was just super funny, just a funny start to the morning, so, anyway, I figured that'd be fun to share with you, but um, what I wanted to talk about with you today uh, is, uh, is basically, I want to give you a side to the story of how how we kind of came to be where we're at right now um, from a perspective that you probably haven't heard before because no one has really heard it yet. Um, and not because I'm trying to like, not tell it, it's just, I, I honestly didn't put it all together. You know, they didn't put like, oh, this that led to this event, this led to this event, this led to this event. Like, wow, that's pretty crazy, right? Um, and so I just kind of like put this together maybe last week or something. And you know, it's funny, cause you, you know, you get into your life and you don't fully recognize how things connect until you consciously think about them a little bit. And so I consciously thought about it and I was like, wow, all these things connected. And I just thought it was really cool because I wanted to hopefully give you some hope that whatever you're going through right now, be it good or bad or seemingly insignificant, that it could be leading to something more significant because that's exactly what happened to us. You know, we're in, we're in a phase of our life that feels more significant than the last phase. and um, And it's all because of a seemingly insignificant phase, actually a very painful phase for me. Um, and actually so uh, you know quite a while ago I'm actually gonna look at my my notes here and bring them up as I'm talking because I want to make sure that I stay fairly on track so a while ago I uh, started a freelance business as you know uh, or as you excuse me as you might know um, So I started a freelance business that kind of morphed into an agency, really the only difference between the two is freelancer, you're doing it all on your own agency, you have people that are helping you do it or working for you. I don't really like the term working for you. um, So helping you do it. I started an agency slash uh, freelance thing, because I wanted to learn how to get really good at marketing without um, basically shelling all my money out. So I figured what what better way to learn than to get paid to learn. So we basically got, or I got good enough at one particular skill in marketing, um, in order to sell that skill to companies as a freelancer. And then once, you know, once I started to get some customers, uh, with that freelance gig, they would ask me, Oh, you're good at that. Can you do this? Oh, sure. I can do that. And then I would go learn that. And I would basically keep developing my skills until they got bigger and better. And then I started to bring people on to help me. And then I started to scale a little bit. And that's kind of when it became more of a quote unquote agency. So that became um, pretty successful. I was able to quit my job with that. Um, I was able to make, uh, you know, a lot more money than my previous corporate job. Uh, Doing that, working from home, working really good hours. I got to the point where I was able to... um, Uh, Really walk away from a lot of the hands-on work from it um, because I had other people doing a lot of the work, and I just basically acted as a project manager. Um, So that was really, really good in some ways. But the the point of starting that agency and freelance business was not because I wanted to own an agency at any point. Actually, it was because I wanted to I wanted to learn enough online marketing skills to develop them and eventually apply them to network marketing. That was my original intent when I started the agency work the whole time. So. uh, And maybe, I don't remember, maybe a couple, I'm not exactly sure the timeline, but whatever. At some point, I decided to slow down the agency. I was going to stop taking on clients um, for two reasons. Number one... um, it was never my original intent. I just told you what my intent was. And number two is I really didn't like doing the agency that much. Like I liked, I liked copywriting, I liked building funnels, but everything else I didn't like, I didn't like agency work. I didn't like, I I still don't. I don't really like working for anyone on a client relationship basis. So like, I mean, for instance, I just told you that story. I mean, there is a chance that like, you know, we could be asked to write, like, all the text messages that go out from our company. Um, you know, that, that that's a possibility. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, but even if it did happen, I don't fully know if I would want to do that because it's just, you know, a lot of people, like, put their own spin on things. And, you know, it'd be like some people hire a marketing agent. They, they would hire me as an agency or a copywriter and then they would change things and be like, what, what what, are you, what, what are you doing? Like, that's like going to, to, you know, a professional athlete and saying, Hey, can you help me swing this golf club better? And they show you how to swing it. And you're like, yeah, but I actually like it this way. Like, yeah, but you didn't come for me to tell you what you like. You came for me to get you results. And so that kind of constant battle, um, happened a lot. Um, even as you, you know, ascend into the higher level clientele, it happens less than the higher level clientele, but it does still happen. And I just was kind of sick of it. So uh, we started to slow that down and started to focus solely on our information product business and hopefully applying our uh, skills to the network marketing world. So I started um, focusing on building network marketing funnels for myself. Um, I had, you know, I built a bunch at, at the, up to this point and really one really showed some promise. So, I remember like running some traffic to it, and it was you know working here and there. It wasn't working that good, but it, it had enough stuff there um, to make me believe like this was a good funnel. It's just maybe my traffic wasn't good yet, or you know, my ads were not good yet. And I remember my very first sale I ever got. I was so excited. I literally didn't ever believe that anyone would ever buy anything from me online before. Um, like, no one would have ever buy anything from me online without meeting me. And I remember my very first customer for $7.95, or maybe $4.95. And Ashley took me out for ice cream. <laughs> we weren't even married. Um, she took me out for your ice cream, and I was, like, so happy. I, I you know, it's only made $5, but I was just so excited. And... um at some point in the future, like you know, fast forward multiple months, uh, six, nine months or something like that, I was still kind of struggling with getting a funnel to really take off. And I remember I was—I I figured out that the problem was very likely my ads, my ads not working that good. And the funny thing was, is I was already slowing my agency down, and I was really good at getting results for other people, but not necessarily good at getting results for me yet. Uh, in terms of marketing and the main reason was as I look back on this is because I wasn't comfortable in my own voice um, I could I could be very edgy and polarizing in someone else's voice but I was uncomfortable being edgy and polarizing in my own voice and as a result I didn't influence anyone I remember taking I was, I was sitting in a Starbucks uh, late at night when I like 10 or 11 o'clock it was a oh, Starbucks I was open late Ashley was waiting for me at home we're married at this point And I knew I needed to get an ad that was working. I listened to this guy's training for like an hour and a half at a Starbucks, which I rarely do sit for that long, you know, just looking at one thing or looking at a training, but I was like, I need to figure something out. So I looked at this training, you know, I listened to everything he said, and I wrote an ad right there. And I knew it was a good one, but I didn't realize what would probably happen next. So that night I went home or the next day I went home or whatever, And I set the ad up in Facebook. I set a budget for $40, which is beyond what I normally spent at the time. I literally spent like $5 a day at the time. Because again, a lot of our agency income was drying up because we were slowing that down. So we're kind of walking in faith right here at this point. And so our income is drying up. I don't want to spend that much money on ads, but I just had this feeling just to pump it at 40 bucks. So I did it and I literally went to bed that night praying because I knew we only had a few days at that type of a budget if we weren't going to be making money. And at this point I've never made money with a funnel went to sleep. The next morning I woke up and there was $96 in our Stripe account. And I literally broke down crying. I ran to the bathroom, I hugged Ashley. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like it worked like we did it. We did, we did it. I was so happy. And, um, the end of that first night, uh, I remember sitting across from a friend of mine who was over just hanging out. And, um, there was $280 in my Stripe account that night off of a $40 ad spend. And, that funnel went on to do very well. It probably could have gone on to make millions, honestly, but I didn't really know how to handle the scaling process at that time. Um, so I did make very good money, you know, between a four and uh, two to eight x return on a head spend. Um, so you know, we'd make between two hundred and eight hundred dollars a day, um, and so that was really really good. Um, but the whole point of that funnel was not to make money; it was to get leads to then get them into my network marketing business. So this time, we're in our old company, and we're starting to acquire crap tons of leads, right? And I start calling them, and um, to kind of shorten the story right here, I didn't really close anyone. I closed like three people out of thousands, which is like for a person like me, or for a person like anyone, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're good or not. Like, that's horrible. That's a horrible closing ratio. And I was like, what the heck is going on? So that's a huge, huge problem. And I'm just gonna kinda you know bookmark that for a second. That was a really big issue, right? And so because of that, and there's also there's multiple other things also, but we ended up leaving that company. Not just because of that, but the main reason we there's two main reasons we left, or there's actually more than that. There's multiple reasons why we left that company. One reason was what I just told you. I realized firsthand that my company's reputation that I was representing at that time was so bad that literally like no one wanted to join it and i knew this like deep down in my heart of hearts i knew it i've been building the business for six years at this point um or something like that entirely old school and I was really, really good at sponsoring people, but there was always this huge, huge problem when you'd say our company's name. You know, the boxing gloves would go up, and, and if they didn't go up, then that person would go home and talk to their parents or friends or something, and they would say the company's name, and they'd be like, oh my gosh, I've heard of them, and the boxing gloves would go up, and that person would quit really fast. And it was like this huge issue, and I, I always felt deep down this was a problem because I always got really good results in the corporate world in sales, but I had really bad results in my network marketing company based on my effort like how much effort I was putting in, the results weren't that good. And I was like, I always felt deep down that like the one thing I couldn't control, which was my company's reputation, the company's name, was the thing that was holding me back. And then this really made me suspicious. I was like, this is like, this is probably it. And I remember having a conversation with with a mentor of sorts. He owns an eight-figure business in the online marketing space, and I asked him. I said, "What do you think the problem is?" He said, "Zach, it's your company name. It's the only thing you can't control, and everything else that you're doing is like spot freaking on." And I was like, "Are you serious?" And I was like, I was like, dev- I mean, devastated, right? Because I was like, I wanted to work to work so bad with our with our company, with our team. I was, I'm really, or I was, sort of am now, but I was really close with um, our upline, our downline, our crossline, like really, really close. And sort of desperately wanted to work for them for us. But um, you know, that was that was one of the final straws that was breaking the camel's back in that in that company. Um, there's a few other reasons um, that were kind of more I guess personal ethical, if you will, and we decided to walk away um, from that company and it was extremely painful. We did it in we tried to handle it in the best way possible. We you know, coordinated with our biggest upline. Um, to like try to pass off leadership as smoothly as possible and not hurt anyone's business, not hurt anyone's team. So I think we did a pretty good job, but it was still incredibly painful to do it. And we ended up walking away from that company and we honestly weren't sure what to do next. We knew that we were very good at online marketing, but we weren't sure if we wanna take our skills into the online marketing or excuse me into the network marketing world again or if we wanted to bring them into another space so for a while i actually was teaching people via online courses and coaching how to build an agency and that was kind of our game plan like i knew it wasn't a long-term play because i like i knew i was good at it and then i could i could add value because i was good at it but i wasn't passionate about it like you know, I knew when I was teaching someone, like, hey, unless you really like serving clients in this particular regard, like, you might get burnt out on this. And so I knew it wasn't a long-term thing, um, but we also didn't know what we were going to do next. So we kind of, you know, obviously were praying about it and thinking about it a lot. Um, we did definitely think about, like, what if we just plugged into the, a different network marketing company into this? But obviously we wanted to not, like, literally jump ship super fast or anything like that because we wanted to you know think and make sure we gave god room to move and uh we actually got hit up by uh actually a guy that came through that very that very first funnel i told you about the one that blew up so he was a customer of that funnel and he ended up calling me and we had you know hundreds of thousands well i don't even know more than more than that we had tons and tons of customers um from this particular funnel um And so he ends up getting hold of me and asked me if he would if I would build him a funnel for his network marketing business. And he's a top earner in, you know, obviously just a totally random company. And I was on I was not totally sure if I wanted to do that because we're trying to move out of the agency world and I just really didn't know if I wanted to deal with that stuff again, right? Well, we ended up deciding to Go ahead and do it. Um, kind of, I'm shortening some of the details. So this is getting a little bit long. We decided to go ahead, go ahead and do it. And the main reason was, the main reason was, I wanted to test my the theory. I wanted to test the theory that that kind of quasi mentor gave me. The theory that I had been kind of, you know, creating myself. which was, does my stuff really work in the network marketing space? Is it literally just the company? Is that the only thing? Is it just the company? And I wanted to test that. And so we did. And things went freaking crazy. The guy was getting, you know, I mean, hundreds and thousands of leads a month. He was closing 25% or more of his applicants, and he was only calling them one time. Literally calling them, he literally called them once if they didn't answer, he didn't even leave a voicemail, and he never called them again. He's closing twenty-five percent plus of all of his applicants. And I'm like, holy crap, the only thing that changed, like I designed this whole funnel, I wrote all the copy, I wrote the email sequences, I did all of that. I managed the ads, and the only thing that was different was the company name. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is insanity. So one thing led to another, and we ended up saying, okay, you know what? Like, clearly we have a good thing here. So we started to brand ourselves basically as people that could help network marketers build acquisition funnels for themselves and that's what we started to focus on and I was like you know even though like I might not want to do the agency stuff I mean I would do it for the right price right someone offered it someone offered enough money like we we actually do offer an agency service for network marketers um we don't want to do it very often and that's why the price is a certain amount and also because it's worth a ton um but if it comes up, we want to be known as the go-to people. Who can make an acquisition funnel for network marketing that is going to work right now and work for a long time? Zach and Ashley, right? like, that's what we want to be uh, known for right now, Um, or MLM, MLM Rebels to be known for. And so we started to move down that path. And then we started to build these funnels. And I was like, dude, like, we have to take advantage of this ourselves. So that's when we decided to join a company. That's when we decided to build MLM Rebels. Actually, we built MLM Rebels. Um, we had the idea for it, and then we really chose a company. And the reason we did that is so that we were in a position of power. We Most people fall into their company totally backwards, just like I did in my first one. Someone calls them and they get in. But if you've listened back to our Previous episodes about choosing a proper company, you know that's a really big mistake. I mean, if you, it's highly unlikely that you accidentally chose a company with the best comp plan and protection and good products. Very unlikely that those three are there. So we ended up, you know, taking a very mathematical approach, a logical approach to choosing our company. We ended up actually choosing that company from that very first client that I told you, or that the very first client, but that that guy I told you about who we built that first network marketing funnel for. Um, and that guy is actually the dude that I talked about at the very beginning of this podcast, who's our sponsor today, which is pretty just wild how things kind of come together like that. And the reason I told you all of that is because that one night at Starbucks when I was writing that ad, I had no idea what to think. I mean, I all I knew was, all I knew was my, at that point, my wife was working a job. I have, was not working a job. I've been out of a job for a year, year and a half at that point. But... I also know that my money is running out. Like, not a personal savings necessarily, but, like, the money that the business has is running out because I'm not taking on new clients. And I'm trying to make this other side work that hasn't worked yet. And when I was writing that out, I was freaking scared. I was like, what's going to happen? Like, am I literally going to have to, like... You know, am I going to be that guy that's, like, running, like, this dream business that makes no money from home while his wife is working and supporting him? Or am I the guy that's going to have to, like, you know, he was so happy to get out of his job and he's, like, you know, kind of, like, you know, whatever, flaunting that. And then he's going to have to go back and get a job because he can't figure this thing out. Like, is that going to be me? That's that's what I'm thinking as I'm writing this ad at the Starbucks. And little did I know that that ad would eventually go on to to attract and sell this guy my future sponsor that I ended up building this gigantic funnel for that totally revolutionized the way I thought about network marketing like I had no idea that this all stuff would connect together and there was some massive massive pain with leaving that first company um there's some massive massive unsureness you know after we left that company we didn't know what we were going to do and I talked with a few big mentors um, that I was like, I, I don't know what to do. We went to this, we went to a couple of big conferences, like, you know, online marketing conferences. And as we were sitting there, especially the first few days, like, I was like, I, I don't even know what to apply this to. Um, so there was a lot of confusion and pain and all that stuff. but. In the background, all these things we're linking together and bringing us to where we're at today, bringing us to the point where we know our mission, we know what our purpose is, we know what MLM Rebels is about, we know the company that is on the back end of MLM Rebels. And, and you know, here's the coolest thing, and this is, I guess these are a few things I want to impart on you. Number one, I don't know the future, right? We could literally be in one of those moments right now, for all I know, that we're being led to something completely different in our life. I mean... I don't think that's the case. I really feel like we're in our passion and purpose right now. Um, But, you know, you don't know how God is coordinating things in your world. The other thing is I want to impress on you the importance of building a brand for yourself. For us, it's MLM Rebels. It's Zach Spear. If you've noticed, a lot of our branding has gone towards our names. Mine has gone towards Zach Spear. Ashley's has moved towards Ashley Spear and and then MLM Rebels. I used to have, I mean, we still have the other podcast called Entrepreneur Discovered, which is really good for high level business stuff. Um, but I used to like have my Instagram account named that, my YouTube was named that, and I've started to move everything towards my name. I actually moved everything towards her name and then MLM Rebels. Why are we doing that? Because we want something of value that can last forever. So, for instance, let's say someday I want to get out of network marketing. I don't think I, at this point, I don't ever see that happening. But let's just pretend someday. I want a personal brand, Zach Spear, to be big so that I can switch direction if I need to. That's number one. Number two, MLM Rebels itself. Why is it there? It's there. I mean, there's tons of reasons, right? The most obvious reason is because it gives us a marketing platform to build our business with so that we're not building stuff old school and silly right? So that's number one. But number two is to put us in a position of strength. So just just for instance, let's say like, you know, right now we're in a company that completely protects us, we can reenact our original contract at any moment, they can't screw us over, like literally, it's contractually impossible for them to screw us over, like what happened to Advocare just five seconds ago, or what happens to like all these other companies, right? Almost every company's in this position of weakness, contractually, and we're not, but we don't know the future something, what if something happens, right? What if, what if the company somehow gets really angry at us and we get kicked out? I don't see that happening. We're in a very good relationship with corporate and we have a good relationship with, you know, pretty much everyone. But what if, what do we do? Do I want to stake my entire future on my company? No, I sure don't. I want to make sure that I have a brand MLM Rebels that I own that, that no one can take away from me, right? And that's what I want you to have. I want you to have a brand around. At the very least, you don't necessarily need to make an MLM Rebel brand. That's because that's our purpose. That's our passion. You don't necessarily need to do that, right? There's no need for you to have an MLM Rebel brand if you're using, you know, our systems. If you are, you know, you can use, them, you can make one if you want. But the real thing that you need to have is like your own personal brand. That's what I'm impressing the importance on you. You need to have your own personal brand. Your name. That's what you need to build, right? As well as your company. But you need to build your brand at the same time. That's what Ray Higdon did, right? Look at Ray Higdon. Look at Eric Worry. They could build any company they wanted to if they wanted to, and people would follow them over. Why? Because they have a personal brand. So focus on that just as much as you focus on your business, because if something ever happens with your company, you can easily switch things over. Even if no one follows you, even if you don't bring anyone with you, you can use your influence that you've built over the years to build a team very quickly. Does that make sense? So... Hopefully that does, and um, hopefully you found value in this. Do me a favor, leave a review and rating down below if uh, this is helpful for you. That'd be fantastic. And um, if you want to join the private discussion group talking about nothing but this, go to mlmsalesfunnels.com to join. And if you want to get a kickstart on using funnels to build your business, we get literally hundreds of thousands of applicants um, every single day or week that we have our stuff you know, rocking and rolling, and you can have that same exact thing. So just go to MLMRebelsBlueprint.com to learn how to do that and uh, say hello to the UPS driver who decided to accelerate right in front of me. (laughs) Anyway, hope you have an amazing day. Appreciate you all. Thanks for listening, and talk to you soon.